You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? Kel Charles, Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Happy Friday. It is a playoff weekend coming up. The stage is set. We have the 49ers coming to town. Not who we were expecting. I know. I think we were all pretty positive it was going to be the Arizona Cardinals on Monday night, but then the league said think again and now we've got san francisco a history- i believe it was the 49ers who said think again <laughs> yeah truly like they, they were like, like we decided we're gonna punch our ticket yes precisely so in light of that we have brought on a very special guest and friend senior reporter for the 49ers kiana martin kiana welcome Hey guys, thanks so much. And yeah, it was kind of the 49ers. They were like, "Uh uh-uh, we still got something to say. We got some work that we need to do. So they, you know, put us all on edge for a good 60 plus minutes and uh, got that win over the Los Angeles Rams. But nonetheless, here we are, you guys. It was ready for a historic rivalry renewed, maybe. Um, Well, it is indeed that. The last seven times that these teams to face each other in the playoffs, at least five of the times, one of these two teams went on to win the entire thing. So I'd say there's some significant uh, notes or at least some games in the history books between these two teams. And I want to break it down with you though, like kind of, you know, setting the stage because I feel like your team has been a really in a really unique position the last couple of years, right? Like they go to the big game and then, just last year just felt like such an anomaly, right? You're riddled with injuries and it was just such, uh, I don't even know what you would call that besides <laughs> the most like, you know, 2020, 2021 thing of all time, right? Exactly. And now they're in this position where they're making a run again. I mean, what is it? They're seven and two in the last, you know, it's, it's significant what they're doing, right? So what's the mentality around the team right now? Like give us an idea of like how fans, but also like the, the air around the team currently. Yeah, uh, when you look at the talent on the 49ers roster, this is a team that you would think belongs in the postseason. Now, you bring up 2020, and I think the 49ers season is pretty reminiscent. Re- Why can't I talk today? It's It kind of reminds us of 2020 in general. Like, it's a year that we all just kind of want to forget. COVID ruined everything for everybody. You're kind of stuck in the house. It's not great. That was the same thing for the San Francisco 49ers. They're trying to forget that entire season. You call that just like there's an asterisk next to that year for the 49ers. Um, But they come back into 2021. Um, There's so many questions surrounding the team. You you get this new signal caller, but you still have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. 
you know, um, you have some of these guys that are coming back and Nick Bosa, Trent Williams being one of the best players, not just offensive linemen, but players in the entire NFL. And he's playing at another level. Um, and then you have your playmakers, uh, some of these, these guys like Debo Samuel, who I, I feel like I say it all the time, but Kyle Shanahan unlocks a whole nother level to what he's been able to do. And there's been, Uh, just kind of uptick in play. You lose your starting running back and then you have your sixth round rookie stepping up and playing lights out, leading the team in rush yards. So it's, it's just been a year where I think this team just knows what they're capable of. And they're finally able to kind of prove, you know, that this talent on the roster, it can translate to a record and essentially get them into the postseason. It's a weird position to be in where I feel like, and this is no disrespect to Jimmy G, but I feel like when you look at the town on this roster, that he is, he's not at the top of that list. He's just not in my personal opinion. Like, I feel like the, the, the cast around him is so impressive and he's obviously a good player and he's obviously been to the big stage and done great things. Right. But you mentioned Debo Samuel, that man is incredible. He's a wide receiver, but he's been playing significant snaps at running back. I mean, how does a how does a team like this Cowboys, even with a defense that's playing as well as they are under Dan Quinn, how do you even defend that? You know, like how does that even how do you how do you deal with a guy like that? It's kind of like the Micah Parsons on the other side of the ball. Like he can kind yeah. of do everything. So it, it's it's incredible to see what you guys have done with that team in Shanahan specifically. But can we I, I do want to kind of start with Debo and, and just what he's been able to do and how he's attacked this assignment this upcoming this past season. Yeah. Um, X factor, we can call him um, kind of like a do it all guy. Like I, I remember talking to him post game one game and that's when he had, I can't even remember how many touches, but I'm just like, Hey, like you're a receiver, you're a rusher, you're a blocker. I mean, even this last game, you're a passer, but like, what do we call you? How in the world, what do we classify you as? And he said, I'm just an athlete at the end of the day. That's all he wants to be just what Kyle Shanahan has been able to do with him. And we go back to, we were just talking about 2020. He was dealing with the number of injuries and this is like, after his rookie season, it was very promising last year was some fluke, but then this year, just kind of how he's come into the year and he's talked about his mentality. It's been completely different. And he wants to prove himself as not just being this wide receiver, but he wants to, he wanted to work on his route running. He wanted to work on his versatility and he's been able to do just that. Um, I think he's taken a lot of people by surprise. Like how do you defend a guy like him? But it's not just how you defend a guy like Debo, the way Kyle Shanahan can run this offense. He can have his tight end in the backfield. He can have his running back out wide. Like the way they move around players and these guys are able to do so many different things. That's kind of what's been the specialty. That's kind of been the sweet spot for the 49ers. And that's how they've been able to kind of confuse those opposing defenses with, okay, we know we have Debo. How do we defend him? How is he going to be used in this one? Like, I don't think anybody really saw him throwing a touchdown pass to Jawan Jennings on this past Sunday, but it's just Kyle Shanahan has unlocked so many ways to use a lot of his playmakers and it's really worked to the team's benefit. Amazing. So, well, not for you guys, maybe not for us. <laughs> I do want to talk about this offense and what it's going to bring to the table and, and what, you know, this Cowboys defense has to face, because again, like, I feel like this Cowboys defense has been pretty impressive. 
Um, oh, but yeah. you guys have some significant weapons. It's the run game. It's also, you've got, you know, George Kittle, we all know he's incredible. Brandon Ayuk, like you're not going to ignore him by any means. So what offensively do you feel like has been the keys to the 49ers success? And do you feel like it's going to be a mismatch for this Cowboys defense? Or do you feel like it's going to kind of be a bit of a, a battle and it's really not going to be as easy to overcome some of these adversities that they've done previously? I think 100% this game is going to be a battle. You have two teams that have their own respective strengths on each side of the ball, and both teams are going to try to find ways to exploit that. But when it comes to the 49ers and what works for this team, and I've been saying this for a number of weeks, it is their run game. You got to give back to what is tried and true. And you know, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan, he predicates his offense on the ground game. Um, I was looking at a stat not too long ago and it was just kind of the 49ers numbers and how when they have a successful time running the ball, they see success in the outcome of the game. Yep. And that's the same thing that we saw this past week and Elijah Mitchell, again, talking about him and just what he's been able to do and how he's opened up things. And if you, if you have a significant number, if there's a number that you can give with the amount of carries that leads to success for the 49ers. If they can get 30 rushes a game, games they can usually dictate on offense how that game's going to go. Um, but they have had a couple of stretches this season where they've hit just about 40 rushes. And, and that's kind of what, obviously, the Cowboys want to avoid. If you let Kyle Shanahan get back to his ground game and they get back to averaging over 4.9 yards per carry and so on and so forth, that could be trouble for Dallas. Um, but that's just kind of what's worked for this team. And I do not see them getting away from that. I know we talk about what happened in week 18 and, you know, you have this Dallas team that's playing against Philadelphia's backups, but Philly was still able to get 150 yards on the ground, which is a little concerning. So I don't see the 49ers stepping away from what's worked for them. And that's going to definitely come through the ground game with Elijah Mitchell with Debo Samuel uh, <laughs> and the rest of the cast that they have. Yeah. So you mentioned the run game. I think that's a really key point to hit on here for a minute because it is Shanahan's game and you, you know, it really is impressive what Elijah Mitchell's done. I was looking at, you know, on my other show that I did today, we were, we were just outlining his recent games, 11 games, five touchdown rushing for over 960 yards. Like that's incredible. And per your point, when this 49ers team, all of their losses have come when they have rushed for under hundred yards. Yeah. So it's very obviously a key. I mean, it just has to be like, that is a big component of this game. And it's not just with Elijah Mitchell, but it's also with Debo Samuel. And I'm not as confident in, I don't know if I'm that confident in this Cowboys run defense. I like, I have to be honest. Like, I don't know how great I feel about that. Yeah. I have to ask. Though, so we haven't seen too many um, 49ers games over here in Dallas, or at least I haven't, I should say. Um, a lot of people compare you guys to the Broncos and like kind of freak us out that way. Who do you think that you guys have played this season um, that really gave you your offense a run for their money and really kind of shut down your um, run game efficiently? Hmm. That's a good question. Now I've got to look back to the season and see like, what were some of those games? One that I, that comes to mind, which it was a little bit different, uh, given the circumstances, but it was in week seven 
as the 49ers hosted the Indianapolis Colts. Now that game, it was kind of a slugfest because here's the thing, like California, we, we get sunshine about 90% of the year, but it was just something about that week that it was actually, it wasn't even that week. It was fine all week, but just that Sunday, it was a massive downpour in Santa Clara. And uh, I don't want to say that this team can't perform in, in adverse conditions because they have in the past, but it was something about that game where the offense just could not get their footing whatsoever. Uh, the 49ers had just 111 rushing yards. They had four turnovers in that game, which was a season high. And that's been the 49ers weakness. Uh, there's a stat out there that the team is, I believe, one in eight. Maybe no, actually, if I'm considering this last game, they're two and in, in seven, I think it is, when they turn over the ball more than once in a single contest. So that's been one of the struggles for the team. They have to play mistake-free football. And then on the contrary, they've seen so much success. When a quarterback does not throw an interception, the team is seven and zero. Oh. Um, so that'll definitely be a point of emphasis, but that's one of the games that comes to mind. When you think about a defense that's really challenged what the 49ers were able to do. Um, trying to think of another one. Um, maybe it's sounding I, like we might need to buy a rain machine. I was I, like, we, we to open the yeah. roof is what I heard from that. <laughs> you know, fortunately, fortunately we're inside of a dome at <laughs> stadium, so that could work for the 49ers benefit. But um, yeah, maybe this Tennessee game, they on the road against the Titans. Uh, that's another one where mistakes basically, you know, forced the 49ers to drop that game, but they held, the team's ground game to just 83 yards. But again, in that game, two turnovers. So, um, you know, obviously they want to stick to that run game, but if they're playing from behind, that's going to force the 49ers to have to rely on Jimmy Garoppolo's arm. Yeah. And um, he definitely against the opportunistic Cowboys defense, you cannot afford mistakes. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So I actually want to talk about that a bit, a, a minute more, because you mentioned the turnovers, like obviously the run game time of possession turnovers are another big key when you're looking at, you know, just the recaps on games, those seem to be like some of the three stats that always stick out in my mind. And so with turnovers, this Cowboys team is really good at taking the ball away and the 49ers, you know, while they are great with their, you know, their front seven, and they obviously apply a lot of pressure there and they've done a lot of drafting in recent years to reinforce that. I feel like 
there is a bit of an opportunity in that regard for this Cowboys secondary. You have a ball hawk like a Trayvon Diggs. And then also, you know, with Jimmy G in three recent games, he's had two plus turnovers. So when they do that, I mean, they are, I think the stats are there that they, they actually might turn over the the ball more than any other NFC team in the playoffs right now. So all that to say, you know, do you guys, do you feel like this team has a lot of confidence in Jimmy G? Do you feel like he actually is healthy? I know he had that torn ligament in his, you know, throwing them that he's playing through. How much, how much can you actually put on Jimmy G to take this team to victory? You know, when you, you, you asked about just kind of like the locker room's feelings behind Jimmy Garoppolo and it, I know, like, of course, they want to say what's politically correct, but I kid you not, this team supports Jimmy Garoppolo through the highs and the lows. And I mean, a lot does have to do with the stats. I mean, since he's been the 49ers starter, he's 33 and 15. I know a lot of people doubt him and his ability, but he's a tough guy. He has played through injury on a number of occasions. So, you know, he has the backing of the 49ers locker room, but, um, and it also goes to, you know, when a lot of people are calling for Trey Lance to get the start, you know, you have this rookie, he's still extremely raw, very, very raw. And and that's why I think this year, he's very fortunate to, to sit by Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of learn from him in certain situations and how he, you know, finds success or whether it's a failure, how ways he can bounce back and kind of learn from that. But this team has rallied behind Jimmy. He He's a guy that even when those mistakes are made, he's unfazed. And I know a lot of people feel some kind of way about that. Like you want your quarterback to show emotion. You want him to be upset. He treats it as I'm going in. When we get that opportunity on offense, I'm going back in as if nothing happened. He does not let those situations kind of bother him or nag him. And there, there's some stat that I do not know off the top of my mind, but there's something that like after an interception, he goes off and he plays better than he did probably before that interception. So, you know, the whole problem at hand though, is you can't necessarily afford to make those mistakes again. Like I said, against Dallas's defense who leads the league, I believe if I'm not mistaken, 34 takeaways on the year, which is absurd, but I, I think that's definitely going to be a point of emphasis when throwing Trayvon Diggs way. I know that he does also sit atop of the league in allowing the most yards after catch and things like that. But also that guy knows how to get around the ball. So I'm sure that'll be in the back of his mind this entire week as he's preparing for Sunday. I think it's funny. Like, I think it's going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to use this like painful phrase and I don't even care. Like, <laughs> you know, they always talk like yak attack. Like they joke on Twitter about it. But I think like it's totally going to be one of those types of games where I know from our offensive side of the ball, we're really going to need our receivers to to do a good job of that and take advantage of your secondary. But on the flip side, you got a guy like Debo Samuel, who I think he's averaging like 10.8 yards after a catch, which yeah. is absurd. Like that's wild. And that terrifies me because you're right. Like I think we've talked about this all season long as a Cowboys defense. It's a big risk reward. Like you have a very aggressive defense and you want that and you want to, you know, unleash them and let them be ball hawks and go after the ball and be aggressive. But then at the same token, they can overshoot that. And then comes the whole conversation of is Trayvon Diggs really that good? Because, you know, we're also giving up some of the biggest yardage in terms of chunk plays in the entire league. So it's a, it's a total, I think it's a, it's a terrifying 
but exciting matchup when you look at it on paper. Yeah, absolutely. I I can totally see that. And then uh, they call themselves the Yak Boys is (laughs) is their nickname. Yes. House. Yes. It's Devo Samuel and, and George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. They led... They let a couple of guys be honorary members every now and again, but that's kind of what they pride themselves on. Um, just being able to garner that yards after catch to break those missed tackles. And then another name who might not be as popular as Debo Samuel is Jawan Jennings, who really stepped up as of late. Um, it's essentially his first year because last year he dealt with injury and was on the practice squad, but he's a guy that let the NCAA uh, his final year at Tennessee and missed tackles like he knows how to get loose he knows how to get open and he's basically complimented what the guys were able to do um on offense this year so with Muhammad Sanu um, on IR he's been a guy to step up 49ers do have the option to bring him up he's been um his practice window opened up recently as well but yeah, they all kind of complement each other. And that's one thing that they pride themselves on. And it's certainly going to be a battle uh, against this, this Dallas secondary that I'll, I'll definitely be looking forward to this week. What's the injury report? Is uh, Trent Williams a go? Because I'm pretty sure that I saw you tweeting about it. You just got out of a press conference. And I think that's going to be the case. Am I, am I correct in that assumption? I regret to inform all Cowboys fans that uh, Trent Williams, he, we were talking about uh, this last game on Sunday and how he, we had our second year offensive lineman Colton McKivitz uh, step in for him. And, and Trent's talking about how painful it was to be on the sideline on a game where it's basically do or die. Your team needs you and you can't do anything about it. He said that was the worst feeling and he never wants to experience that again. Oh. So I'm going to say that I am willing to probably put my firstborn ah. on it. That Trent Williams is going to do everything he possibly can to make sure that he is out there on Sunday. He returned to practice uh, this week in limited fashion and uh, signs are pointing in a positive direction for him to make his way back to the field. Positive for your team, not ours. Yeah. <laughs> well, I regret to inform the 49ers fans who don't listen to this podcast that uh, Tyron Smith will be back. So take mm-hmm. that. Oh, that's the only silver lining I have <laughs> for as far as O-line, <laughs> O-line versus O-line. But uh, I will say, and I I know probably a lot of Cowboys fans don't want to hear this, but um, Kyle Shanahan did say on Monday that he does feel like this is probably the healthiest that the team has been And this. Of course, you got to think about it. When you are in week 18, you're playing a 17 game season. No team is healthy. Let's let's be honest. But as far as depth wise and availability wise, this is the healthiest that the team has been all season, having all of your playmakers available. Um, They have some guys that are limited in practice this week, but they fully expect to pretty much have the bulk of their team on hand for Sunday, which they're definitely going to need. So I want to talk to you. You mentioned a little bit earlier about the creative use of Debo Samuel. And I think they've seen that with even like a little bit of Trey Lance at times too. And, I think I would be remiss to mention, to not mention rather that Kyle Shanahan comes from the Dan Quinn coaching tree, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I look at a guy like Kyle Shanahan and he reminds me, he just, he's part of those young creative 
up and coming head coaches in the league, right? Like that's what he, he reminds me of. And so do you feel like this is going to be something where he just has his bag of tricks and he's like, Hey, listen, it gets the playoffs, baby. Like it's like (laughs) Kellen Moore, like you bring it on, like, let's go, man. Because I just think that we might see some crazy things this weekend. (laughs) But you know what? I also feel that that can go both ways just as well as Kyle knows Dan Quinn, you know, he knows Kyle the same way. He knows Kyle's mindset. He knows what, what Kyle likes to do things. Kyle likes to stay away from. So you, you just never really know, but uh, I could see, I could see there's been those times. And I think about those games where, you know, Kyle doesn't, I feel like he doesn't do too many flashy things. You don't see like, you know, fake punts with him you don't I mean you don't see I don't know it's just like there's so many things that you don't really see in a Kyle Shanahan offense he likes to just get to what he does and what works and when grind games out that way but I it takes me back to that game um in 2019 against the New Orleans Saints where like Kyle was in his bag of tricks and I was like, what the heck is happening? Like, what is going on? I have never seen this at that point in the three years that I was covering the team and, and he was all in and and he knew it was one of those games where I, this was at the point where 49ers were definitely in the postseason at this point. I think this was week 14 of the regular season, 13 or 14, 49ers were in the postseason, but there was still that number one seed in the NFC on the line. And he knew that, you know, you're neck and neck with a team like the Saints and, and you know you want to get in. So he's going to pull it all, pull out all the stops. So I would not, I would be shocked, but I would not be shocked to see if Kyle Shanahan has like maybe one or two tricks up his sleeve when he knows that, you know, I know this guy on the other side and, and I know what he likes and I, I might be able to kind of find a way to, to find some success against him some way or another. Sure. So I've got to ask you a very serious question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So you guys are coming to AT&T Stadium this weekend. Um, How, like, how how do you guys, I know you guys travel really well. Like, how do you think that uh, you guys are going to show up this weekend (laughs) at home? We have a whiteout going on. Am I going to see a lot of red? Do I need to prepare for battle? Like what's going on? Yeah, because I'm a little concerned about the contrast that red and white are going to prove to be. And like, I don't yeah. want it to feel like there's more 49ers fans than there. And it's, and I'm like, I'm like trying to rectify this in my mind. I'm like, okay, so it was a silent count in SoFi for the Rams. And that scares me. And then I'm thinking, okay, playoff game. And then I'm thinking red on white. And then I'm thinking bigger stadium. And so it could be like more, and I'm just, I'm spiraling is what I'm trying to tell you. No, no, that is a fantastic question, Megan. I'm glad you asked that. Um, You know, a lot of people think about this last game against the Rams at SoFi. And then a lot of people also go back to 2014 season opener in Dallas. And uh, Fox had that cut, that shot of the crowd when the 49ers went up. I think it was like 13 to three at the point, at some point. And it was literally a sea of red. So I understand that question. Yes. I, I, I have <laughs> two responses for that. The first is, Uh, When you think of teams that have just such 
a a loyal and huge fan base. You think of Dallas, uh, you probably think of Pittsburgh. Um, you you think of the 49ers. There are some teams that that those fan bases travel so well and they are so strong. But because of that, I do see, and especially considering this is Dallas's first postseason appearance since 2018. I think that Dallas fans are definitely going to be in attendance and they do not want to be outshone, outdone by your opposition. I don't see it looking like it did at SoFi. Bless. Now, no, go, go ahead. on the contrary, <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I, and I, I, it's not being biased because I cover the team, but it takes me back to when I was full-time traveling with the team and, and going back to 2019 we opened up the season in Tampa Bay and we followed Tampa Bay going to Cincinnati on the road back to back weeks. And I kid you not, at least a third of the stadium was all 49ers fans. And I think at that moment, I was just like, this fan base travels pretty well. Fast forward throughout that season. Then also this season, uh, I, it's, I, I don't like to compare. I mean, Jacksonville in Jacksonville, it was probably about a good 50% of the stadium was red. Um, 49ers fans travel very, very, very well. And I know with 49ers making the postseason, uh, having the talent that they have on this roster and knowing what this team is capable of, I would not be surprised to say, to see a very large contingency of 49ers fans looking to make this trip. I know you guys have some blog sites that are like, don't sell your tickets to 49ers. 49ers fans are going to try their best to be in that building. Again, I do not see it being like the 2014 season opener. I don't see it being as crazy as SoFi, but I will say I, I'm, I'm pretty floored that, that it's a whiteout when I don't think that's going to be the best look when you have such a bold color as red in the stadium. I, I would have thought maybe a blue out maybe would have been a little better. I think they thought that the uh, Cardinals who don't travel very oh, yeah. well were going to oh, show yeah. up. This, so totally. <laughs> um, I'm wearing a wedding dress. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've decided. Married to the game, baby. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, if you guys heard that little like uh, beep, it was because I got an email and I got the official practice report. And yeah, like you said, all these people, uh, Garoppolo, full, Bosa, full, Alex Mack, full, Kittle, full, Elijah Mitchell, limited. That's going to increase. Trent Williams, limited. So um, buckle up, baby. It's going to be a game. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Jimmy practiced in a full capacity. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. I got the email too, but I was like, no, I'll look at it later. We're chatting right now. But yeah, yep. The, the squad is, is back. It's, it's a, it's a, a positive thing for the 49ers, but, but you did bring up Dallas has some playmakers also coming back as well. So it should be an interesting matchup. Um, so I have to ask you before we let you go, keys to the game from the 49ers perspective. I feel like from the Cowboys, it's going to be limiting the run game, forcing Jimmy D to throw and to really to win this game for his team. Again, obviously winning the turnover battle, time of possession, maybe our kicker could, you know, do his job, but um, that's neither here nor there. So <laughs> what about from, you know, if, if you were 
if you were drawing up game plans and you're in Shanahan's head, not to give all the keys away, but to give the keys away, where, yeah. what are you thinking? Totally. I have three. I have three. Um, the first is going to come by way of the 49ers pass rush. Uh, it's getting that pressure on Dak Prescott. And you know what, what the crazy part about it is um, now I feel like I want to go look at my notes, but I think if I'm not mistaken, Dak is the best performing quarterback when under pressure, he has like over yeah. 1100 yards and those all come under pressure. Like he is fantastic at evading the pass rush and extending plays and, and, you know, not letting that affect him. So uh, it's a tall oh, task. What's that? He gets the ball out quickly too. Yeah, he does. That was, but that I remember that myself. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be a tall task, but 49ers pass rush. They have to find ways to disrupt him and getting the ball to his all-star cast. Um, you know, we saw a little bit of that in week 18, that 49ers Rams game uh, where, you know, it was a slow start for the 49ers in that first half, but that third quarter, Matt Stafford was just basically throwing the ball to the turf. He was just so rattled and they eventually got to him and, and you didn't see much success from, from Los Angeles offense until the fourth quarter and that touchdown to Cooper cup. So if they can find ways to establish and have that consistent pass rush and force Dak into some uncomfortable situations that will bode well for the 49ers. The second key is obviously going back to what we talked about their run game. Uh, if you can, you know, get those chunk plays, continue to have those long drives. They've had back-to-back games this season where they've had 18 and 21 play drives that chipped off between 11 and 13 minutes off the clock, like when you can dominate and dictate a game like that, that's obviously a recipe for success. They also had a drive against the Rams last week where they had 10 straight carries. And that one uh, finished off with that Debo Samuel touchdown pass to Jawan Jennings. You're expecting the run and then you see that. So uh, it has to go back to running the ball. And then finally, my third one to wrap that up, Akita success for San Francisco is winning obviously this goes for any team but winning that turnover battle uh playing mistake-free football on offense defense finding ways to um capitalize off of mistakes uh whether it's fumbles it's uh, interceptions whatever it might be um the 49ers cannot afford i i, I can't not I, I can't understate like saying this a million times but 49ers cannot afford to give up the ball to this very opportunistic defense who has capitalized off of mistakes. So pass rush, get in that run game back to where it needs to be. And then winning that turnover battle. I think that is the true recipe for success for San Francisco. I like that opportunistic defense. I think it's a perfect way of describing yeah. defense. I, I really do. Um, well, I, my friend, am very excited. Are you going to make it down to Dallas? You coming to the game? Oh, girl, I'm coming down to Dallas. I cannot oh. wait. Don't you have family here? I have family in Dallas. I have friends in Dallas. So oh. uh, it's kind of like a little reunion for me. So I am stoked. I We didn't expect to go to Dallas either. Yeah. Um, but once we found out, I was just like, oh, great. Oh it's like, gosh. it's like a little reunion for me. So I am stoked to be back down there. I'll have to text you when we're off the pod and we'll figure out where you are and see if we can uh, meet up for a drink. That'd be fun. 
Yes, please. You said the magic word, a drink. I'm in. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, tell the good people where you're at, where they can find you. Because listen, like at the end of the day, it's a big matchup. You've got some good work coming out in the coming days. I want to make sure everyone gets the preview that they need. No, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kiana Martin TV. It's K-E-I-A-N-A Martin TV. Um, that's where you can usually find me. And I'll uh it's gonna be a good game, regardless, you know, who you go for. You talk about the rivalry and the history. And I'm just so excited to see these two teams with so much history just going head to head. Unfortunately, it's not like in the past and it's the NFC championship game. But hey, look, as history is told, one of those teams have gone back to the Super Bowl. So if whoever's team wins, you know, if it follows history, you could have a good chance of making it to uh, SoFi Stadium in February. Manifesting that now, my friend. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Make sure you are subscribed to the Blogging Boys podcast feed, review your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can also follow Megan and I. I am on Instagram at Hey Kelsey Charles, also on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. And Megan is at Meg Murray with four R's on everything. Um, all right. So Megan has some words to leave us with, and we're going to close out just uh, like this. Take it away, Megs. I know we gave you a little behind the scenes of the 49ers today, um, but I want you guys to keep something in mind. 22 different Cowboys scored a touchdown this year. This is a different team. We are good. This is exciting. Show up, wear white, get loud. I've been to um, the Lions playoff game and the Seattle playoff game. The fans don't disappoint. We got this in the bag. Also, I want you to keep something in mind. Dallas forever, Philly for never. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Kiana. Bye, guys. (laughs) Thanks, ladies.